0: The Ryan and Rush Show is brought to you by Vision Homes. If you're looking to build a home in north central West Virginia, visit AskVisionHomes.com. Vision Homes building you a house you're proud to call home. And don't forget to subscribe to the Ryan and Rush Show, but don't take our word for it. Take Coach Nealin's. Hi, this is Coach Don Nealin, and you're watching the Ryan and Rush Show. Please subscribe. And we welcome you in to another edition of the Ryan and Russ show, your source for West Virginia sports. On today's episode, we have our typical Wednesday football slate where we're going behind enemy lines, exploring this Oklahoma State Cowboys team that comes to Morgantown, 3.30 this coming Saturday. Originally, we had a special guest scheduled, uh, Greg Schwamm. A lot of you know him from Twitter, especially Big 12 Twitter. He was big on the conference Realignment, however, uh, especially we get to this time in the year, people get a little sick under the weather. He was unable to join us today. Uh, we will bring him back on, especially when conference realignment heats back up. But Ryan and I were thinking, like, who, last second, can we get Oklahoma State-wise? And then we realized, our, who else do we do the uh, Big 12 college experience show with? Then the Big 12 guru himself, Mr. Troy Tuning. His dad went to Oklahoma State, knows this team inside and out. And now, Troy, thank you so much for, for coming on today. Oh, of course. Um,
1: I don't know about inside and out as much as maybe one of the insiders that's there and Stillwater does, but I can tell you that something happened over the bye week with this team, and I'm sure we'll dive into it, but they're they're a different football team at this point than they were just two or three weeks ago.
2: Yeah, and, and let's get right into it, Troy. Back-to-back wins off the bye week Uh they, they kind of showed life a little bit in that Iowa State game, especially on the offensive side of the football, when Gundy finally committed to one quarterback rather than three. Everybody remembers the embarrassing South Alabama loss, but since then, offensive outputs uh, last week. I mean, Bowman was was great. How's this fan base feeling off back-to-back wins against the Kansas schools that were both revenge games as well?
1: I mean – I didn't pick them in the preseason to win either of these two games against the Kansas schools. I thought that the Kansas schools were a little bit more solidified than both of the Oklahoma schools, believe it or not. And that's what ended up being completely wrong. I mean, you know, without a starting quarterback, Kansas is is kind of doing what Oklahoma State was doing in the beginning part of the year. And Oklahoma State looks like they've kind of settled into the guy that they really want at QB. And when you think about it and you go back and watch some of the games – it really might've just been Mike Gundy screwing around playing a scout team against non-conference opponents, knowing that there's not really a shot at this team getting in the playoff, but maybe they can learn a little bit about their team before the conference starts. And if that's the case, I mean, if that's what Mike Gundy decided to do, he is a crazy guy and I wouldn't put it past him, but it worked. I I would say it worked I had not seen Alan Bowman throw dimes like he has the last two weeks. It is incredible. He's a completely different quarterback. I I I don't really know how to explain it other than teams are focused on Ollie Gordon so much right now that like the really, really pale-skinned white guy just kind of slips through the cracks and you don't worry about him. And then he's actually dotting receivers down the field. It's uh it was definitely not something that I expected. I I know we were hoping for, especially in that Kansas State game on the other show. We were talking about You know, Gundy after the bye week, he's got a chance to grab a hold and maybe maybe trip some teams up. All these teams have tripped up enough that Gundy, it's like the you remember the old game QWOP on the computer where you had to control like the two legs and the two ankles. It's like Gundy's doing the little like two footed slide thing and everybody else is falling backwards. So he's not going forward that fast, but he's going forward still. And that might be enough to get you into the race.
0: Yeah, and I mean, speaking of of Mike Gundy, I mean, what an interesting turn of events! Not only and what kind of goes into the the pulse of this fan base and how people are feeling. Right, we started off this season; they were two and one, awful loss to South Alabama. Um, they were running a nice three quarterback system, and everyone's like, "What is going on here?" Uh, obviously, that that got nipped in the bud, and they've had their bye week. And next thing you know, they're they're lining up Kansas State. Everything that in Kansas, what Ryan was saying there. What is two, two part question of this is, I mean, Mike Gundy's been the man since he's been the head coach of, of Oklahoma state. Like he's just been dominating and there was just this quick shift of like, oh, we got to get Gundy out of there. And now he's like doing keg stands in the locker room. One, why are we like, is the Oklahoma state fan base so quick to, to like turn on the success of Gundy and two like, how do they feel about him right now in the season? I mean, I know we talked about this
1: on the season preview show that we did. And the first question that I always pose to fans that want their head coach fired is what's the, what's the alternative? What's who's going to go to Stillwater, Oklahoma and flip upside down with his team cheering for him. Like there's, there's nobody else that you're going to be able to hire unless, you know, Brandon Whedon's looking for a coaching job or something like that. It would be the same kind of idea. Like, That would be one of the guys that would would replace Gundy down the line. And it would be just like Gundy coming in and taking his alma mater spot that he used to play quarterback at. Besides that, I don't know why it's even a thought. If this guy wants to be in Stillwater, he should be the head coach. And he has been the man. The first year was his only year that he didn't get to, what, six, seven wins. Yeah. Except the fact that you're stuck with Mike Gundy and, you know, the homecoming dance with Mike Gundy as your date really hasn't been all that bad. Maybe eventful, but not, not bad by any means. And he's willing to stay there and dance with you. So, I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't know how many of the actual fans wanted him fired. I can't think that there are too many great football minds that actually wanted Mike Gundy out. But, again, the alternative is just way too scary. Having some interim or someone there that's not really connected to the program it just doesn't seem like the right idea. So I I do think he can be underappreciated. That's for sure. When you have in a college football program like this, that's something that it's the be careful what you wish for. You've got a really nice home and a made bed every night that you get to get into. And you don't know that next person that comes in might leave trash on the floor and all that kind of crap. At least you're used to what Mike Gundy's doing. And I really think the bye week was probably not even football related. It was probably more of, we're preparing for conference play. We've had a bad loss and Mike Gundy's got to hit the gun range for 12 or 15 hours and get all that stress out. And now he's clear for the rest of the year, maybe like a day fishing or something on a Tuesday.
0: Hey, it works wonders as someone who's done it yeah. myself. And and the thing with Mike Gundy too, is you're talking about two years ago, this guy was his running back, cutting up away from a big 12 championship. Like not even one play, like just one action, like a yard and not even a yard. So and I, then that I guy transferred
1: to Baylor anyway so there could be something afoot.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. How how fitting. You gotta, you got to check the transcripts there. Uh Troy, we we're, we're talking about it how something clicked out, out of the bye week and uh, whether it was him just completely going to Alan Bowman. I mean, you just look at the offensive output since the bye week. 400 yards, 400 yards, 500 yards. Uh Ollie Gordon going for over 120 yards each. Of the last three games, Alan Bowman, 250-plus yards in all of them. He had over 300 against Kansas. Outside of just Ollie Gordon, what clicked out of the bye week offensively where all of a sudden they look like the Brandon Whedon Oklahoma State Cowboys these last couple games?
1: Yeah, they are are very uh, – the look is very similar. I mean, it's hard to look at that neon color orange see a real pasty old white guy at quarterback and not think <laughs> Brandon Whedon. But yes, I mean, the, the Iowa state game was pretty close and it doesn't, it's not going to look like as bad of a loss as we've seen. No. Iowa state is kind of rounding into pretty good form as well. Okay. But when you look at the, the, the total rush yards from the first three games and you see, you know, your high rusher as Ollie Gordon, I think he had like 40, 50 and 60 or something like that. Maybe not even that much. And then bam, it's like 120, 160 yards, 136 yards. I feel like the thing that clicked was they realized that if they get their best player the ball, then Alan Bowman's good enough to throw the ball to open receivers. He's not going to throw guys open all the time. Now, again, recently we've seen some throws that were incredible, but that's not going to be something that you can consistently keep up with Alan Bowman. But if the guys have a little bit of separation because everyone's looking at Ollie Gordon in the backfield or they're seeing him go in motion, it's going to open things up enough for Alan Bowman. And you mean, you saw with a little bit of separation at Texas Tech, he can at least compile statistics like with the best of them. Yeah. What really clicked to me, and and it shows between the the loss to Iowa State not quite being able to get over the hump there, and then winning back-to-back against the Kansas schools, the defense looks a whole step faster. Every single player on the defense looks like they actually care and want to rally to the football. And they don't have good enough defenders where they can one-on-one tackle everyone. They have to pursue as a team and get from sideline to sideline to have any chance. I will say that probably doesn't play as hard in, in, in an away game setting as it does with everybody getting fired up in Stillwater. But the one thing that stood out to me was it looked like the defense went from you know being very apathetic to, oh my God, we've got an offense that can actually produce a little bit if we put them in a good spot. So it's almost very complimentary that both both sides started playing a slightly a little bit better, but uh, uh, between the two of them, it's like one plus one equals three. When they're both playing a little bit better, they each favor one another.
0: Yeah. So you know the Big Twelve well, Troy. It's you know your grandpa went to Oklahoma, your dad Oklahoma State, mom Baylor. I don't know how the yeah little little, little congestion in the <laughs> in the household, right? But I mean you know you know the Big Twelve pretty well overall obviously we do the big 12 college experience everyone check that out and uh, we'll be doing a big 12 basketball media day show after this so so uh, the fun continues of course after the Ryan and Rush show but you also know a good bit about this West Virginia team too how do you think this West Virginia team stacks up against Oklahoma State where does West Virginia have the advantages and where do you think West Virginia is at a disadvantage where um, especially come to the West Virginia side, what they have to watch out on Saturday. See the, the way that West Virginia wants to play football is awesome this
1: year. And they, they, they want to slow you down. They want to ground and pound you. They want to turn it into a slug fest and maybe, you know, kind of offset the talent differential by everyone being on the same page and simplifying the game. But that's also what Mike Gundy does really well too. and, It just seems like, I mean, it's not a very typical Big 12 game all the time between these two teams. It's a little more smash mouth, a little more slug festy. And there's just something about Mike Gundy in Morgantown. Like, I know they lost a game back in 2013, but he's won every game that's been played in Morgantown since then. And they've lost twice in Stillwater to West Virginia during that time, but not in Morgantown, which is weird. That's one of the the best home field advantages in college football. And for some reason, yeah. I guess it's just like Gundy fits in well enough with the West Virginia culture that he can just kind of like slide in there and, and doesn't like, you know, people giving him crap kind of rolls off his shoulder. No big deal. We're going to the bar, whether we win or lose, it's going to be just fine. And I think that I think that helps him on these road trips a little bit, especially having all of that time in the Big 12 established but there's just something you can't really put your finger on. It's 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 kind of like that, that uh, TCU-BYU thing. Like, TCU just throttles them no matter what, and for some reason, Gundy just gets it done in Morgantown, and it's not always pretty, but this one just – it just seems like the play style of both teams actually matches up one another as looking in the mirror almost. I mean – You've seen, I don't think Bowman runs nearly as well as Green, obviously, but it's the same kind of idea. And I think Garrett Green is going to have to run quite a bit in order to keep his team in this because that does the same thing for him. If he's running enough, he gets enough open, he doesn't have to throw perfect balls. He can hit guys and statistically compile yards because people are worried about his biggest threat, which really is his legs. It'll probably work pretty well against Oklahoma State's defense, to be honest. And I don't know. I could see this one being a field
0: goal game for sure. I think the Troy, weather too is going to have a factor yeah. play hey, Tro- into that.
2: Uh, Troy, we'll we'll come back for your final score prediction here at the end. But uh, to, I had to ask you a lot. A lot of people listening right now, obviously, are West Virginia fans. And one of the things that sucked about leaving the Big East was the dismissal of the backyard brawl for a decade everybody loves the backyard brawl whether you're a West Virginia fan whether you're a Pitt fan whether you're just a college football fan and that goes the same for Bedlam. I I think it doesn't matter if you're an Oklahoma or Oklahoma State fan we love watching these kind of games we love watching the hated rivals play one another what's the Oklahoma State side of it with Oklahoma leaving with Texas the way that they are. I know Gundy was very uh, on record saying we're not playing because they're the ones that are choosing to leave. Is that kind of how the Oklahoma state fan base views this um, rivalry going forward? I mean, I, I hate it that it's that we're not going to get this anymore, but I understand Oklahoma state side as well.
1: Well, when it comes to the actual, I know I've said this before, when it comes to the actual product on the field, regardless of when the matchup occurs in the season or, or what's on the line in the last week and some of these in-state rivalries that are very big, the best game is almost always that bedlam game. It, and, and every year it's at least like a top five, top 10 game in the whole country for the entire college football season. And us losing that just stinks. I, I know Gundy doesn't want to play it. Uh, I don't think because of the SEC schedule, Oklahoma's going to want to go out of their way to schedule a pretty good program on a consistent basis and out of conference. Uh, I think the best bet is going to be Oklahoma State maybe gets a, another win or two every year because Texas and Oklahoma are out of the conference. And maybe they get them in a bowl. Maybe we get a bowl. Yeah. them. Yeah. But it still won't be the same if it's not in the Cotton Bowl. So... Or I don't know what I'm saying. It's it, it, it'll still I, be I, neutral, I it'll saying. still be a neutral yeah. site though. Like you'll never have yeah. to have you know Gundy going into Norman and really ruining anybody's day, or you know it, it's almost that 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 Oklahoma State Oklahoma game is. It's always just, there's something crazy that goes on. And it's, it's, it's never, yeah, it's not nice. something in, in the years that Oklahoma should win easily. They almost never do in the, in the select years that Oklahoma state has a great program. Oklahoma always still knocks them off like their little brother. It's just unpredictable. You, It's, it's crazy. You love it. Uh, if I was Gundy, I would want to try to schedule them. I know he's got a little standoff in him, but it would be, you know, even if it's the first week of the year, that would be crazy and still pretty cool.
0: Gundy's gonna beat him this year and then he'll be like hey we beat you last and then he'll yeah he will make Oklahoma reach out to them if you want hey if you want to fix this you reach out to us but for, for all I read last time I played you I won and I'm fine <laughs> I'm fine with that stamp so and, and what's funny too is bedlam the the definition of it: a scene of uproar and confusion yeah That's, that's Oklahoma. So it's, that's when we say when it's literally bedroom bedlam, it's, it's, it's the definition of it. Uh, Troy, you know, obviously we're talking about bedlam here and, and and Ryan brought up the, the conference expansion and obviously it's hurt West Virginia in the past. It's, you know, whatever side you're on, it's hurting Oklahoma state or at least the rivalry that is bedlam. Uh, but you know, there's, there's some also benefits to it as well. We get the Holy war again next year with, with BYU. Um, what where do you think this conference expansion goes next for the Big 12? Do you think we're going basketball only schools? Do you think we're going to add Washington and Oregon State? Do we start attacking the ACC? Where where does this game go because something that all sides on this uh show have learned is that you want to be on the the good you want to be on the taking side of it. You don't want to be taken. So you got to be aggressive in this.
1: I see, I still really think there's a great chance that they get Gonzaga as a basketball only. And maybe even within a few years of joining the Big 12, they kind of push them to start a football program that, you know, maybe they can get some more money infused being in a power five or something like that. But there's just something about going and getting like a pit in NC State and saving them from the ACC and maybe pairing that with Washington State, Oregon State. That would be awesome. For both basketball and football, Um, we would lose Bedlam. But if you add Pitt back to the conference, then you're throwing two basketball games and probably a yearly protected rivalry between West Virginia and Pitt in there. Mm -hmm. Um, With with Utah joining the conference, you're going to have a top of the conference banger They're They're going to they're going to pull some crazy stunt this year. Where they only use Cam Rising in four games against four ranked opponents, and he doesn't yeah. burn his red shirt, and he gets to come back next year, uh, you can already see the writing on the wall. It's crazy, but I agree. <laughs> I mean, they might as well. You've got you they've got a couple of cupcakes left that they heavy quarterback draft too. Yeah, way too and, many. And 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 with the the play style of the Big Twelve being what it is, I think Cam Rising coming back next year could look really, really good in this conference and probably boost himself pretty high in terms of money that you're going to make. Uh, was Utah the school that everyone got trucks at? That's the school that everyone got F-150s, right? Like their NIL deal is everybody gets, as long as you're an active roster member, you get an F-150 or some something like that.
2: I, I can't remember. They were the ones that called the Big Twelve a truck stop league. I know that. No, <laughs> and but I'm joining
1: I, it. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw something recently about it. Might be like 45 F150s that are like all team use trucks, and you can just drive them around whenever you want if you're one of the football players. Um, yep. Good for them. That's a. I mean, that's a pretty cool little gig. Can you imagine if someone told you you could drive around like an eighty thousand dollar truck in college, just like leave the keys whenever you get back? No big deal. <laughs> don't crash. Seems like a fun gig. And again, with the, with how much money these guys are making in NIL, stay in college forever. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree. Caleb Williams might have to stay if he keeps throwing interceptions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Alex. You know exactly what Alex Crunch is bringing to the team over there. There's, yeah. there's a big. It's like a. It's like the hottest chick in high school with the huge pimple like right under her eye that everyone can see and it's like all you got to do is go pop it it'll be gone in a couple of days after you pop it and alex grinch is just hanging out he's just sitting there no popping you're never getting rid of me i'm always gonna look inflamed
0: all right troy we'll we'll get up on out of here um and then again don't forget to join us on the big 12 college experience we'll be breaking down west virginia basketball and the rest of the big 12 uh media day on there but let's get your final predictions troy for this uh west virginia versus oklahoma state game on saturday so this one almost
1: i almost attempted to take the 24 to 19 again and just have it be oklahoma state that comes out on top compared to west virginia last year um but it's in morgantown and I don't really know how West Virginia is going to respond to the crazy game from last Thursday night, but a couple of extra days of rest. Um, I still give the coaching advantage to Gundy over Neil a little bit. Um, I don't know. Again, it seems like when Neil Brown has his decisions narrowed down and is not allowed to like stray from what he has to do, he makes way better decisions doing that. But I still think this one's got a little bit of, of of slug in it. I still think it's a. there might be one of the two teams that gets held under 20, or maybe it's like 24, 21. But I'll go 24-19 pokes. Um would not be surprised though if there's something wacky like West Virginia hits a Hail Mary the week after they get hail married, they hail Mary back. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be surprising at all.
0: That that that's something we brought up too, Ryan, is yeah. the fact that You Houston's the game you should have won, but maybe this is the game that you should have lost. And Pull it out, yeah. We know sports. It has a weird way of evening out. It kind of has a little bit of that feel to it.
2: And then two-part question to that, Troy. Does the winner of this game make it to Dallas?
1: I would say the winner of this game becomes – it's like the – it would be like the the track and field, like the 400 meters where the people on the outside lanes get to start further ahead – whoever yeah. wins this game is going to get to start further ahead and still only be in like lane four. Like they they're not necessarily going to make it all the way to the end, but they're going to have a pretty good, whoever wins this game is going to have a pretty good jump on pretty yeah. much everybody else in the league. I mean, I know we agree. I, 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 I don't know if I see Oklahoma going completely undefeated. Um, and I don't think I see Texas I, not slipping no. up one more time. <clears throat> so again, it, it's funny, the, 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 the QWOP thing, like between Neil and Mike Gundy, whoever can do like the one knee, one foot shuffle just long enough, yep. I think one of these two teams, specifically the winner, has
0: a chance to slide into Dallas for sure. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Troy, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. We'll see you here again in a couple minutes. Break down some Big 12 Media Basketball. Again, for our audience out there, that will be on the Big 12 College Experience. So go check out that channel as well. Um, Troy, again, thank you so much for coming on and everyone as well. well, Ryan and I will be back tomorrow to de- discuss uh, our predictions, our keys to victory and everything that we think is going to go into maybe not bedlam Ryan, but maybe, maybe I, I have a feeling this game's going to have some weird components to it.
2: It might be a little bit of bedlam. It, it might not be the Oklahoma schools bedlam, but this 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 is gonna be a this could be a war on Saturday. So yeah, looking Especially forward to giving we- out some key victories.
0: Especially if the weather is uh, a little gross. So anyway, all right, we'll see everyone again soon. Love you, appreciate you, and let's go, Mountaineers. Go Mountaineers, see you guys tomorrow.